0: This is The Father Matters Show with your host, Vance Sims.
1: Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims.
0: Welcome to The Father Matters Show. I'm your host, Vance Sims. Thank you for joining us on Faith Talk 1360. K P X Q. This Tuesday, this Wednesday coming up, we have this Wednesday, May 6th, should I say, we have the Father Matters Job and Training Institute. Log into fathermatters.org to register for that. We have a few more seats available. If you missed last week's show, we had Jay Harden from Family Coaching Solutions. Jay is a certified Christian counselor and life coach. And he also does workshops. And one of his workshops is called Digital Invasion, Media Persuasion. We are going to continue from last week's show. So if you missed any parts of last week, log on to fathermatters.org. Go to blogtalkradio.com or soundcloud.com. You have got to get last week's show. okay? Jay, uh, welcome back to the Father Matters show, my friend. Thanks, fans. Man, thank you for coming back this week. It is just, we were just getting hot like fire towards the end of the show, and 30 minutes can just go really, really fast. And I did not want this to be rushed through. You have opened up a can of worms, bro. We've gotten emails from everywhere. Because again, this is stuff people don't want to talk about publicly. This is stuff that they talk about privately. And you hit it, bro. You opened up some stuff. And I want to continue from last week's show. And I just want to pick right up. And we were talking about digital native versus digital immigrant. Can we unpack that a little bit more, Jay?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, So so digital natives basically are are people who were were born within the last 25 years or so, when when technology really started taking off. Digital immigrants are those of us who did not grow up, and we had we had to learn technology as an adult. And so, um, so w- what we have to realize about that is there's a generation gap there. It's almost like two different languages, and so we need to be aware. Of, of what our digital natives are going through, how they're thinking, how they're acting, how they're using technology, because quite honestly, a digital immigrant, is, you know, technology is more difficult for them in general. They have to learn how to do things. They have to, it takes longer to, you know, send a text message. It takes longer to uh, figure out how to set up a Facebook page or, or what have you, where digital natives, they just pop in there and do it. And mm-hmm. so... Uh, So one of the things we need to realize is that digital natives are are different. For the most part, they're they're going to be younger than us, than than digital immigrants. Uh, And the digital natives have have a knack for technology. And so, you know, we need to kind of bring some of our own experiences uh, prior to the digital age into the lives of digital natives because they're missing out on a lot of uh, experiences that are uh, more, let's say, more in line with with humankind and human contact and human interaction, Uh, they're missing out on that that we had as as young people because they're so wrapped up in this technology, and that's how they communicate, and that's how they get things done. And so, you know, when was the last time uh, a digital native – wrote a letter to somebody even a digital immigrant but you know older people have a better chance of writing a letter to somebody than a digital native some some kids have never written a letter to somebody it's all it's all text messages it's all email and it's it's all facebook communication and so i think i think the most important thing about digital native versus digital immigrant is to accept the fact that the two are different they're almost opposite and that as digital immigrants, we need to take the lead in trying to understand the mind of a digital native and try and be uh, cooperative and, and understanding with some of their issues related to technology and the uh, the abuse or overuse of it. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I, I just it's 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 kind of a phenomenon. You're you're either a digital immigrant or you're a digital native, and you know if you're listening right now, you know which one you are. Exactly. We didn't so,
0: go ahead, go Jay. Ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was just I was just gonna say just just to kind of put that in perspective of what's happened over the last fifteen years. In in the year two thousand, the average person spent about two point seven hours a week online. By the year twenty twelve. The average person spent more than 38 hours a week online. Wow. In the year 2000, 100 million daily Google searches in the year 2000. Okay. By 2012, 4.7 billion daily Google searches. me And that's three years ago. So these, these stats are a little bit older, but... You know, you uh, you can imagine how, how much, how this has changed. So in the year uh, 2000, there were 14 billion text messages sent daily. By the year 2012, 188 billion text messages wow. sent daily.
0: And Jay, we was talking about this last week, and I was sharing, if you didn't hear the show last week, right now, Jay is in California I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. But because of the positive side of technology, this show is all around the country, all around the world. OK, but at the same time, you're in California. I'm in Phoenix doing this interview. But that's the positive. And but also I was reading some of your stats from last week. Again, listen to the Father Matters show last week right here. Every second, one hundred thousand tweets per second, every second there is 3,600 Instagram photos shared. Every second, 47,000 apps are downloaded from the App Store. And then leading into this, Jay, we touched on a little bit last week, but how is this impacting our children? We were talking about the, the bullying on Facebook. How is this all this media and all this stuff up impacting our children, Jay?
1: Well, let me tell you, the research is in... And let me just tell you what a few experts are saying, and then I'll I'll finish your, uh, I'll respond to your question. Uh, The computer is like electronic cocaine, instigating cycles of mania and depression. Now, that's Peter Weibrow, the director of the Neuroscience Institute at UCLA. That's his quote. Wow. Um, Another uh, psychiatrist at Stanford says, I've seen plenty of patients who have no history of addictive behavior become addicted to the Internet and other technologies. Now, here is the last one. A, a Scientists at Oxford University warn that children who spend too much time on social network sites can suffer from personality and brain disorders.
0: Wow, Jay.
1: That is how it's affecting our kids. And the thing is, is that most parents are innocently allowing their kids to watch TV, to use, you know, the cell phone, to, to watch DVDs, to what have you, and they don't even realize that what what's happening and what they're doing. And so, again, I, I mentioned this last week, you know, don't take my word for it, do your research, come up with your own conclusions, and share the information with your friends and family, because... This is a phenomenon that's that's growing and growing and the internet is the fastest growing thing out there and technology is moving at lightning speed and you know in, in the year 2000 there were zero apps downloaded mm-hmm. zero by 2012 25 billion apps wow downloaded. so this stuff hasn't been a lo- around very long right in 2000 youtube wasn't even wasn't even around mm-hmm. And by 2012, more than 1 trillion views on YouTube.
0: Jay, I was reading a report and it was saying that it is getting so bad that people are literally, the way they're losing weight, they're losing weight to to basically how their picture looks on a Facebook page. Does that make sense? They're, the way they're losing weight and, and telling you how to take the perfect angle and um. what is that all about? That that goes back to what you were saying about the fantasy last week's show, when you were talking about the fantasy. What is that all about?
1: Yeah. So again, it's it's trying to put you know, trying to make themselves look like someone they're not. And you know, you know, it's it's funny, uh along those lines that you were just talking about, um one of my Facebook friends from high school always looks very nice in all the pictures that she posts of herself and <laughs> a couple weeks ago, somebody posted a picture of her that was taken at some event, and it didn't look anything like her. Nothing at all, <laughs> you know. And so, so that's the thing, and that's what I'm talking about. When people get get panic, anxiety attacks, and and depression, it's when their their own little fantasy world of themselves gets exposed for what it really is. And someone posts a picture of face on Facebook of what they really look like today, you know, and and so. Again, it, it goes back to the fact that we're we're just having less and less face to face contact with each other, and it's it's online. And you know, again, that that can be a great thing for people that are miles away. But you know, there are husbands and wives that text each other in the same house.
0: Yeah, yeah. J- and, I've,
1: and I've done that before myself. It, it, don't get me wrong; it's it's kind of fun, you know, and it's kind of a joke, but. People do that, and that's how they communicate, because they they don't want to talk to
0: each other. Well, and and I've done it in meetings. I'll have, you know, a staff person in the same meeting. We're at a collaborating meeting with a a partner, agency, or something. It's just, you know, we still got business to run, and I'll text someone right in there uh, during the meeting. I'm at church and seeing people on the phone texting. I mean, it's, it's just going crazy. Now, look, Jay, you're a life coach. I'm a life coach. I have... Uh, my sessions with people, Jay, touch on some of the sessions when we, you and I both know this, uh, how marriages are being destroyed because of Facebook. People are reaching back to people from high school and things like that. What is going on with this, man, that that we're using something that can be so powerful and positive for something so negative?
1: Well, you know, it it goes back to the, the, the fact that, um, you know, a lot of people don't have good communication in their own marriages. And when that happens, you know, we all, we all want to be loved. We all want, to, we all want the positive strokes because when you, when you get those, again, the chemicals are released in your brain that make you feel good. And if you're not getting them from your own spouse, some people will take to Facebook or other digital media to get the response. And it starts out like this, you know, oh, hey, I haven't seen you since high school. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Blah, blah, blah. And you start a friendship like that. And then it goes to private messages and, you know, um, it, get, it might get a little bit, uh, you know, flirty and things like that. And then the person who is feeling neglected in their relationship, in their marriage, the person who needs to feel better will search out that from, from someone online. And they'll, they'll start to give little you know, little prompts and they'll try to get them to, to, to flatter them or to compliment them. And it, and it goes from there and it can start very innocently. Um, you know, a few years back, I had a a friend request from an old girlfriend of mine and I told my wife about it. I said, what do you think I should do? And she said, well, I'd, I'd rather you not, you know, accept her friend request. And I just said, okay, just like that, because, I respected her, my wife. I respect her, and if she doesn't want me to be friends with Facebook friends with that person, then I'm not going to be. That's
0: right. And Jay, I have a friend. Man, it got to the point where he met someone. You not met, but met. You know, ran into someone from his past on the Facebook, and that, like you said, it starts off with the how are you doing, sending pictures of each other's kids, and saying everything is going well. To the private messages, to they had each other's email address, to when it ended up. He ended up buying a separate phone, which was the same type of phone. And then that's how he stayed in contact with her. And you can pretty much know that the marriage went down from there. So that that, that thing is, is tight. So, but I want to pick up from there. But right now you're listening to the Father Matters Show with Vance Sims. And today's guest is Jay Harden from Family Coaching Solutions. We'll hear more from Jay after this. Hi, this is Vance Sims, host of the Father Matters Show. Would you consider partnering with us? Father Matters is a nonprofit ministry that's listener-supported and relies on donations and grants. All funds raised go directly to Father Matters mentoring programs for families, which means that your donation will help important projects that service children and families. For more information about partnering with us, log on to fathermatters.org and click the Donate to Father Matters icon. Together, let's build stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And we're back with Jay Harden with Family Coaching Solutions. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the top of the show at fathermatters.org. Also catch the Father Matters show nationally every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time by logging on to blogtalkradio.com or catch our archive shows anytime worldwide at soundcloud.com. Again, if you missed last week's show leading up to this week, uh, Please go back to that show. Go back to that show. And again, I want to thank you for coming back again this week, Jay, on on your busy schedule, my friend. But this is something we have to touch on, and I appreciate you coming back. Can you touch on a little bit, talk about a little bit more about your workshops, Jay, because this is burning in your heart so much, man. You started doing workshops around this thing, working with churches and agencies and organizations. What goes on in one of the workshops,
1: Jay? Well, you know, we, we go through a lot of the, the things that we've already discussed, and then I it's, it's interactive, much like our Father Matters workshops. Um, if people have questions, I want them to raise their hand and ask questions. I want them to d- discuss, talk, you know, get this out there and get comfortable with talking about it. And, um, you know, towards the end, I will bring it down and, and dial it in and kind of help them to... Um, to figure out some strategies that are going to work, that they're going to be able to put into practice uh, that will help them gain control over uh, the amount um, of exposure that their kids have to, uh, to the media. And, you know, there, there's some, some pretty good uh, methods to use and some pretty good information about how to set boundaries and how to set limits.
0: Last week, Jay, you were sharing with us about how kids' grades are dropping because they're staying up on school nights, 12, 1, 3, 4 in the morning. Uh, One guy came to a Father Matters workshop, and we were kind of talking about the digital media. And he was saying how with his his 17-year-old daughter, who's a senior, he told her because she was staying up with this thing all night that every night at 9 p.m. she need to leave her cell phone and her laptop on the kitchen table every night. Mm-hmm. And when she started doing that, of course, she didn't like it. She got upset. But with a matter of weeks, Jay, her grades started turning around. Can you okay. touch on that?
1: Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. So, um, yeah, yeah, and and here's the problem. See, the kids don't understand. Like, like this girl probably didn't understand the the, the direct connection with her use of of the computer and stuff to her grade slipping, and so. That's what I mean when I say parents need to take control. And, you know, you don't have to be a bully. You don't have to, to you know, um, deprive your kids. It's just setting the appropriate example and, and setting the appropriate boundaries. So, you know, I, I, I let parents know that they can build trust through communication. I let parents know they need to keep informed about the digital world and what's happening they need to be involved in their children's digital lives. And so, so here's a, a little bit of information. The American Pediatric Association and the Mayo Clinic, we've both heard of, of those, they say that children under two should not be exposed to any screen at all, any screen. No TV, no cell phone, no laptop, no iPad, none of that they should not see any of that in front of their face
0: no blue cl- no blues clues
1: nothing no sesame street under, under the age of 2 absolutely not so much happens mm-hmm. in the brain between 0 and 2 so much many things happen with development of of senses and and touch and all these kinds of things that kids are these days are deprived of that because they're spending too much time Stuck in front of a screen watching TV. So, so what's happening is there's a creation. There's there. It's create. I'm so fired up about this. I can't even talk. There's a a, a a generation of of watchers and not doers.
0: Say that again, Jay. Say that again.
1: We're raising a generation of watchers instead of doers. So, I, unpack that.
0: Unpack that.
1: Well, you know, kids are watching the world in front of them on a screen instead of going out and doing things that they that they should be doing. Right. And, and so, you know, we, we need to get kids outdoors and get them outside, and, and and we need to be the leaders for that. We need to love them enough to set limits. Jay, love them enough to set limits.
0: Jay, last week I, I, I came home from Target. Now, you're going to remember this, and a lot of our listeners are going to re- remember this. I put two games down at the middle of the kitchen, kitchen table. I put down the game Connect Four. Remember Connect Four? Mm-hmm. And I, I put down Monopoly. And they were like, what is that? Man, I can't get them off of the Connect Four. And these were like the basic simple games. Remember yeah. we, we used to go out and play bat and ball and hopscotch? Oh, yeah. They oh, are like, yeah. They're, they're, and they're loving it because they don't even know, you know what this is. Now, Jake, check this out. I don't have the statistic in front of me. But I remember seeing a statistic saying something about because the way they're making cartoons today, they're moving so fast that now when the kids go sit down in third, fourth, fifth grade, it's like they have ADD because it's so slow now. Their brain is so used to moving so fast from watching these fast cartoons. And that's why I was loving what you were saying under the age of two. Can you touch on that a little bit?
1: Uh, yeah, the, the, there's statistics out there that are saying that uh, the, the digital damage that's happening because of this, there, it's causing an increase in OCD, ADHD, and, and loss of impulse control. Um, Ten to twenty percent shrinkage of the prefrontal cortex of the brain because of, of the overexposure. Now I'm not saying exposure; it's overexposure and abuse of, of the digital media and the and the um, you know, just the screens in front of our faces, and so it, it's important, you know. And and you know, uh, adults need to be aware too of what they're doing because if if we're telling a child, oh, don't watch TV, and we got the TV on for seven hours a day, you know, what are they going to do? And so, you know, I, I like when I, when I was when I talk about setting limits, I want to I want to share something with you. When we tell a child what to do. It's a possible power struggle. When we describe what we will do, it's, a, it's setting an enforceable limit. So if we tell a child what to do, it's a power struggle. They're going to come back at us. But if we, if we let them know and describe what we will do, in other words, if, if you, you know, use your, your phone too much or whatever, we will, we will confiscate it, we will whatever... Then you can set enforceable limits, and you can talk to your kids, negotiate with your kids. Now, when I grew up, there was no negotiating. The, the parents said it. We did it. We didn't ask questions. Now, we need to be more uh, teachable. We need to be more able to negotiate. We need to have our bottom lines, but we also need to be able to teach our kids the back and forth of healthy, proper negotiation to get what we want because that's, what, that's how life is. And so there's a healthy, respectful way to do that. And, you know, so often parents will hear a, a show like this, and they'll immediately put the hammer down, they'll confiscate all the equipment, and they'll say, you're getting one hour a day, or you're getting this, this, this. Negotiate, assess your own situation in your household, and there are things you can do. If, if you have a teenager... The Mayo Clinic, again, and the American Pediatric Association say kids should not have screens in their bedrooms wow. at all. When, when my kids were growing up, we had one computer. It was in the, in the family room, and we could see the screen. And we had, our kids had limits on how much time they could spend. They could, and when they graduated from high school, their gift was a laptop so they could go to college with it. But no TVs in the bedroom, none of that stuff.
0: Jay, even with two weeks, it's not enough time. Brother, how can our listeners get in contact with you to learn more about what we talked about?
1: Uh, the Probably the easiest way would be the uh, Facebook page, which is Family Coaching Solutions. Uh, my website is www.famcoach.com. Email jay at famcoach.com. And my phone number, 408-449-3057.
0: Thank you, Jay. And look, we will see you next week at the same time, same place. Have a safe week. Thank you. And God bless.